Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I want to welcome Juan Sampedio to the Library and Influencers podcast. And Juan, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background in the libraries. I know you're currently working in the DC school system. Yes, I'm working for McKinley Tech High School in the Washington, DC area. Okay. I've been a school librarian for a little bit over a year. Oh, just okay. So you're still pretty new at this. <laughs> Very new. I actually been longer a online librarian than in-person librarian. Okay. Oh, because of the COVID-19 part? Okay. Yes, I was in the school for only five months. Uh-huh. And then the COVID time started. And oh. then the COVID just kicked in. Right. So you really had to hit the ground running um, as you made that transition. So, yes. Yeah. So what did you do before becoming a school librarian? Um, I actually was an elementary school teacher. I taught for 10 years. I taught um, English in Japan two years, and then I came back to the United States. Fun. I taught Spanish in a bilingual charter school. Okay, very interesting. So what led you to move into the library world? Um, actually, it's a very funny story because I, when I was teaching third grade, one of my group of students who I had for my, when they were first graders, mm-hmm. um, they knew how much I enjoyed doing random lessons and I would change the lesson sometimes in the middle of it just because the kids would pop up an idea for me and would do <laughs> research. And one of my favorite kids, I hope I'm not going to mention her name, yeah. uh, he actually mentioned, you should be a librarian. And I said, yeah, that sounds really cool. And I didn't pay too much attention to the thought about it. And then they're like, oh, yes, you can be the librarian. And they, it was when they were in third grade. Uh-huh. When we went into fourth grade, because I uh, looped with them for fourth grade, the same student, after months, you know, after the summer, she came out to me and said, are you a librarian yet? And <laughs> <laughs> it's like I never actually said I was going to do it, but it was like, no, not yet. And I was just a smile and kind of push it on the science. Like, well, you should be. My mom also thinks you should be a librarian. Um, and that kind of stuck in my head because on that um, first semester when they were in fourth grade, we did a study unit on Native Americans. Okay. I did all this research and I really did enjoy it. And then at the end, like by November, December, she was like, you should be a librarian again. And I was like, you know, I already applied for a couple of programs, so let's also. And by January, I got accepted, and that's how I ended up going to back to school and doing my library um, Sorry, that's good because so many times it's you hear people talking about a fellow teacher or a principal or somebody that told them that, but for a student to recognize that in you, that's pretty awesome. Very. It awesome. was very. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about this first year. What has that been like for you? Who? Well, I started in the middle of September. So the school year had already started um, when I came into the school library. And the school was like recently renovated. It was a beautiful, it's a beautiful building. It's a beautiful setup. But um, the, all the books and all the materials were not in place. So that was my first task to just put everything in place. They give me a chance to like, before I opened the library, because it was closed, to do some work, to work on the environment of the library. And I did a lot of work on that and it was, about January that I started feeling good about what I have done because kids mm-hmm. were come to look for books and they were able to find them. Yeah. And they were, oh, 
is this guy is like, yeah. And then they had, they didn't have the culture of looking for books to actually find them. So I felt really good about that. But then this pop and trying to move from like the basics of being a librarian to jump into being an online librarian was a little bit tough. It's particularly in April and May because a lot of the events that I had already planned that had to be canceled. Mm. The author visits that we had online and obviously the engagement of the student was a little bit tough for, for getting them to join us for the for the virtual attendance. It was just hard. Honestly, it was just hard at the beginning. And I look for different resources, like many of us probably trying to figure out and out like many of school librarians also concerned about their job um, for the following year, which is the pressing one. But it was really nice to have a really supportive school and administration. They were like, no, you just do what you can. And we all deal with new things. We all have to cope with the situation. So they were really nice about it. And, this semester since school started, I feel like more in the in the role or like online. And I've been doing a lot of different things that I did not expect to be fulfilling. Like uh, being able to speak Spanish, it gives me a really way into Spanish speaker students okay. and their family. So I'm supporting the administration on translations at the same time. Nice. Very, very good. All right. So Juan... I, I mean, I know it's only your first year, but even just thinking back to the beginning, is there anything that you wish you had known when you were just starting, like before COVID hit? Would there be anything that could have helped you be more ready? Or um, Honestly, I think um, having the teaching background was really helpful. Okay. Because if you're a teacher, you have to be on your toes all the time and you need to be, I always call it like an impro. So you're pretty good about improvisation when you're in front of the kids. And as a librarian, you have a little more control over what you do and what's going to happen. Yeah. I really wish I did. Um, I didn't know that it was you competing a lot with the internet. <laughs> I kind of knew it, but I didn't really know about what extent I was competing with Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Very, very true. All right. Um, it, it, I knew that. I just didn't know what extent. It was just, it's like the competition. <laughs> So do you have any advice to your younger professional self? Um, I'll probably say to myself, watch out for Google big time and use databases. Look for um, organizations that are willing to help out. Organizations that are, because there's a lot of people out there who are really want to help librarians and libraries themselves and providing resources um, but reach out to those organizations and look for them. Okay. Yeah. And that's true because you really do need to, to be aware and, and you're going to have to ask people what kind of organizations, you know, when you're just starting out because you won't, you know, you won't have a, very many contacts at the beginning, but, but it'll grow. It takes time, but it'll grow. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about your situation right now. What are you doing face-to-face -face or remote or a little of both? I'm doing a little bit of both. Um, I started doing this, this semester is making the library available for the students. Okay. I go to school Tuesdays and Wednesdays and the students make requests of the books and materials that they need. Okay. And I bring them downstairs, we have a, I bring them in the Ziploc bag, they take them, I take the books back. They can make an appointment. Uh, in the days that I'm not at school, I'm available online with them. I'm doing okay. a lot of, I'm helping the administrations to communicate with Latino families. I'm helping the students with guiding the research as well. Okay. And I'm also um, 
organizing events for the students as an author's visits. That's okay. one of all right, very, very good. Yeah, everybody has such unique situations. And I think that's something that as librarians, we need to realize we we need to be flexible, you know, and be able to respond to whatever it is our, our campus is needing us to do. So that's awesome that you figured that out. Okay, so when you think about one year down now, um, what has, what kind of role do you see librarians having on campus? Like how do they influence on the campus? Mm. I did not have the thought about me being part of as an influence before because I knew my impact was very different when I was in the classroom. When I'm yeah. in the classroom, I feel that the impact is more immediate. It is constant and especially with smaller kids. And now even with um, high school students, I can see myself, the influence that I put in. But as a librarian, it's something that is harder to see. So therefore it's harder to feel that I'm making an impact or I'm part of the, in, or I'm a part of the community. Mm -hmm. So not much of, of an influence for the students or the community, but more as a resource. Okay. So I see, the, I see more the impact of how helpful I'm going to be. I'm not gonna, because the library, I'm, like I mentioned earlier about me helping the Spanish, the, the Spanish speaking families in the community. We have a small number, but we have it. Okay. And that I'm also been helping with the students is focus on the undocumented students. Okay. As myself, once I'm an undocumented student in my senior year in high school, and I remember like dropping the ball by my senior year, and I did not have someone to tell me like, no, don't drop the ball, it still counts <laughs> until the end. And then I was very fortunate enough to have a counselor who put me into University of Nevada, Las Vegas to do my undergrad. So now I did not know I was gonna become that person now, yeah. which is exciting because last year, one of the concert was like, direct me to a student. And I was like, whoa, I can actually do this now. And I've been hoping a group of students to do their personal statements, fill applications for even jobs, to fill applications for colleges, um, making those uncomfortable phone calls. <laughs> When you're undocumented, you don't want to make some phone calls. You don't know who's going to be on the other side of the line. So I'm making those phone calls. Um, and it feels really good to be able to help them out. And um, very recently, I had a parent ask me if I can make a phone call to make a doctor's appointment. Oh. And I, I was like, okay, I can do that. Yeah, sure, I can do it. Yeah. But then, um, after doing it, she explained me the whole reason why she didn't want to call. And I was like, wow, like there's so much behind Mm -hmm. that we do not see but I think one of the, one of the biggest benefits of working from home now is that the connections that I have made with the students have been more impactful wow. and it's such a big impact with me because at school it would be just more like passing by connections mm -hmm. would be able to help them out but it would be different but now with online like I'm really pushing towards making a closer connection so the people that I'm um, making those connections with having more meaningful yeah, as well as with their parents because their parents are there for them. Yeah. Uh, I get into know some of the students as well because reading so many personal statements, I have learned so much from them that is like really motivating. It's very motivating how uh, my job has evolved to become that a little bit of a mentorship. Okay. It'll be interesting when we do get back face to face to see if, if you feel if they still come to you 
you know, if they feel okay coming, you know, in person right. versus that the online way they were visiting with you. Interesting. That's good. Right. All right. Juan, as you think about this coming year, is there any new kind of influence that you want to work on? And that's when we go back to school. Yeah. Like when we go back to school, um, maybe when we're back face to face, or even if you're thinking about the following year, is there any new kind of influence that you want to work on? Um, I really want to work on advertising, browsing the books and because the, the students right now are spending so much time on their screens that hopefully they will want to take a little break. Okay. <laughs> they're doing coursework on the computers. And after that, I know that a lot of them play video games and a lot of them watch movies. I'm one of them. So hopefully by, by the time they get to the routine, they get more pleasure by seeing their peers, by going back. Yeah. It's going to be slow, but I'm sure they're going to see how good it feels to be outside, how good it feels to interact with others. And I really want to start promoting more the library materials because um, I know my my school library did not have that, did not have just browsing. So one of the things I want to do is just put up magazines, put up things that are more relatable to them. Uh, I had to take some books out that they were from 1970. So the literature does not really relate to them. So really work on the materials. And if I get one kid at a time that they have one book in hand, even if they don't read it at the moment, it's gonna be okay, you know? It's gonna be one time where they're gonna be bored of playing the same video game. I'm like, well, might as well just in five minutes, if you give them five minutes with one book, they're gonna be hooked. <laughs> we hope, that's the hope. <laughs> I know that's the hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Juan, well, um, I know that, that what you're talking about bringing the books and the reading back, you know, is, is very important to you. So talk a little bit more about um, kind of like your view on technology. Um, well, I understand that technology is very important. It has made many positive contributions to our lives, especially during these, these times, right? But it has also been used very negatively, particularly social media. And I only have Twitter for the school and I have Instagram for the school. Um, but I think the social, the social media has actually harmed, especially like Facebook, Instagram, I, instead of really helping our connections, human connection, I think it has actually hurt it a little bit more, become less impersonal. And that's what I was talking about a minute ago about like how once we get out of our houses and we go back to normal, hopefully soon. Yeah. I think really going to enjoy the human interactions that they we have not had for almost a year. Mm-hmm. And that human interaction is going to be a big it's gonna really help the kids. It's gonna really help the students. And once they have a human interaction we all have a different worlds in our heads. So how you imagine, it's my ideal world. So the students go back to school, they interact with each other, they talk, they catch, they catch up about what they think they did. And some of them will discover interests that they did not have. Mm-hmm. Once they start searching for like, oh, maybe I wanted to learn the guitar. Maybe I wanna, how movies were made and all these different interests that they don't know yet they have. Yeah. And be rediscover about themselves. So. I really think that one of the positives of what's going on right now is that they're going to make us really appreciate the human interactions that we did not appreciate before these times. Okay. All right. And I'm just asking this without any prep work on this, but does anything come to mind 
with you and the library, like any kind of ideas of what you could do to help foster that whenever we do return face-to-face? -face? Um, I think I've been a little bit cheated on that because I've been able to go to my school twice a week. Okay. And last year I was able to make a big order of books. Uh -huh. So last, one of the first things I did when I, well, actually it was the first thing I did to the library when I arrived was like reading. Mm. Um, I did a big, I, I got rid of, I have in my closet over 25 boxes of books that they're going to be removed. Um, and they arrive another 20 boxes of books. But um, because I was able to know the community, I was able to know the students. And now being virtual and making a different kind of connection with them, I know a little more about what's their interest. Mm -hmm. So hopefully feel like being able to go to the library, see what I have, and start working on displays, even though... Uh, there's no, no time for seeing when we're going to go back. But if I'm prepared for it, sure. they can tomorrow. And I'm like, fantastic. I have this place ready to go. Yeah. But definitely having those books prepared. Like I'm collecting literature that I know it's going to be for their interest. And I know they're going to feel relatable. Because uh, nowadays, um, literature and novels have changed a lot from when I was growing up as well. Mm -hmm. um, they're different, are more diversified, you're more relatable. You feel like you want to read it, and um, and I remember, for example, when I was younger, the first book which I have not read, I just knew about it because the author came to visit to my university, when the House of the Manwood Street. Okay. Yes. Before that, I did not remember any books relatable to Latinos, mm -hmm. and I was like, and I did not think about it back then, but now I'm thinking about it. I was like, how far can I go in my head about a book? in the United States touching um, Latino culture in the United States. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we have a lot of that now, it is a big plus and it's really, it can help us out. It can definitely help librarians to, to yeah. move towards that direction. Definitely. Like I think of the, the Puerto Bell Prey Award, are there other kind of awards or things that you look at that would have recommendations? You mean awards towards the kids? And well, for the kid that, that identify books, like the with Hispanic characters or? Um, I actually just learned up about um, Mia Garcia, which is also a new author. Okay. And she more about Caribbean Americans and the culture of it. Okay. And Marco Shiro, who's also a Latino, Latinx author, which I have recently read his book, Anger is a Gift. And fantastic. It, it's not only relatable to Latino people, but it's also relatable to a lot of underprivileged students. Okay. And I think that is one of the reasons I really enjoy those books because a lot of us don't, a lot of the books for young adults were about spending summers in Cape Cod. And the reality <laughs> is, is not that, that's not the real life. No. <laughs> it's like uh, Marco Shiro is like telling you, like, no, over this summer, I actually have to go to work. Yeah. Over you know, and I had to do all these things and, and it's just how opens mm -hmm. the genre of young adult. Another author that I've been looking and following is Nick Stone. Um, she's fabulous and her books are, my kids are eating them. Mm -hmm. It has to do because of my population of the school and we just have to advertise the right books for them. Mm -hmm. um, again, things that you just have to become familiar with what your kids want and what they're familiar with. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, so when you think about my listeners, they're a lot like you, you know, they're still early career librarians. So do you have any like 
beginning steps that they could do to get to know their community better or to work on um, One thing I, would, I, I wish I did more was visit, visit the classroom teachers, go inside classrooms and see what they're teaching. Because I think that would have really helped me to know what they need. Because I'm not just the librarian for students, but also the librarian, the resource for the teachers. That's right. So the teacher, and as a former teacher, I know I'm gonna ignore any email, especially during this. <laughs> also, don't take it personal. Like if I were a teacher, I knew I wouldn't be answering to my librarian emails. I know, I know for a fact because I will already having a hard time managing my classes, learning new systems, doing all these sort of things. So I wouldn't take it personal, but continue sending those emails because one of these days, one of the teachers is gonna hit a dead end and be like, "I need help." Mm-hmm. You're going to be there, you know, you have to be always willing to help them out because you're not just a librarian for the student, but also for the teachers. Yeah, definitely. And that's a big adjustment when you first become a librarian because, you, you know, you're so used to just thinking about students if you came out of a classroom, but now you've got a much bigger audience, you know, that you're right. With. That's good. All right. So Juan, what else do you do to keep yourself learning and growing? Are you, you're finished with school now, grad school now or? Um, yes, I did finish grad school, and it was a fabulous experience. And one of the best things, I don't know if it's best thing, but I definitely really exciting okay. about Washington, D.C. is because there's so many options of libraries, many museums, and there's something like this. As librarians, we just like to do research and read random stuff. And um, some of my friends make fun of me because I never finish books because I always read in a bunch at the same time. I don't know if I'm the only I'm sure I'm not the only one who does it, but it's something about being engaged, right, and learning myself and always being able to talk to the kids or whatever they're interested in. Um, but my principal assigned me a really awesome task, which is developing a museum for the school. Oh. My campus was developed in 1928, where we are, but before that was in a different locations in the District of Columbia. Okay. I've learned so much about the background and the history of the high school that I'm like, I have a hard time getting out when I'm started working on the project because I get so involved and that um, I'm posting, I'm posting pictures and anything related with, with the school whenever I have a chance, but doing research about the school and receiving the memorabilia from past classes, it's been a really awesome project. So that project, I really hope we can make it happen wow. next year. Uh, but that project, give me the idea of getting us certified to focus on archives and museums. And I'm going to do it on personal interests. Okay. And my school is not required me. So they just want me to just put on a little exhibit. I want to do it better than just displaying things. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, Juan, it's been nice talking with you today. If any of our listeners want to learn from you or, or follow you, where can they find you online? I know you're, you're, not as much a pri- putting as much of a priority on technology, but it's still a way we connect to people. So how how can they connect with you? Oh no, I'm 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 in Twitter and I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, I am only for a group night from the classes from 1974 all the way to 77. Right. So I'm in social media. I am definitely part of it. I I'm not going to hide from anyone. In fact, I want you to get in touch with me, talk to me. And if you have any advice for this museum, I really love to take it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MC McKinley Tech L and on Instagram and MCK Tech 
podcast, which we also, I also do a podcast with my students. I let them host, I let them talk about it. Yeah. And the ones who created the Instagram account, they are the ones who created a Twitter account and I just have access to it. Mm-hmm. We have the, my email address, juan.samperio, which is my, my name, at k12.dc.gov. Okay. And chat to me, I'll be more than happy to take feedback as well. Very awesome. Well, I even love the idea of using Instagram as like a podcast platform. That's that's very creative. All right, audience. So you heard if you've got any kind of museum or ideas for him, he'd love to connect with you. So let's let's build some some connections there. And Juan, thanks for your time today. It's been awesome talking to you. And I look forward Thank to you. following you and, and learning more about the great things that you're doing. Thanks to you. All right. You have a great day. Bye bye.